everybody it's your boy king legend 757 and i am back with another amazing amazing interview with a special guest in the building now we got ty jackson in the building y'all and if you haven't heard about this guy on social media you about to learn today i'm trying to tell you we about to get some holy ghost fire going on in this building right now and i really ain't one to brag on a lot of people but if i'm gonna boast in somebody it's gonna be somebody doing what's good for the community in christ and lifting the Holy Ghost in the, in the kingdom of heaven up. So, first of all, I want to say thank you for everything you're doing, being a vessel to God and being obedient in your calling, uh, because there's a lot of things that people may feel uncomfortable talking about, but you got this boldness in you, my brother, where you go ahead and you talk that talk, my brother. So, welcome Crazy. to the podcast. Thank you for having me, my brother. Man, I, I receive it, man. I receive it, man. It's, it's you know, humbling, man. I appreciate that, and I appreciate everything that you're doing in the kingdom, giving Christians a platform to be able to spread the good news, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, man. That's what it's all about. So I'm real interested in hearing your testimony, a little bit about yourself. Um, give us some background. Like, for an example, what do you like to go by? Is it pastor? Is it artist? I mean, let you us just know. just call me brother, man. Yeah, man, I uh I operate in the office of a prophet, man, and uh you know things as such. But you could just call me brother. You could call me Ty Jackson, whatever you feel like saying at the moment. That's awesome. That's awesome. So how did this journey start for you? Uh, take us down to the roots. Absolutely. So when I was younger, I grew up in the church. Grew up in the church. Um, I'm from Pensacola, Florida. I live in the Chicagoland area right now. Pensacola, Florida. Grew up in a little church in Milton, Florida. Mount Zion Baptist. And as I grew up, you know, I wasn't, uh, should I say, in Christ like how I am now, but I love Christ. You know, uh, I ended up getting away from him. Perfect example. The pastor, man, I would remember listening and hearing the pastor preach. And my grandmother would tell me that I would try to mimic the pastor at home and we would go to different places. So one day we were in this grocery store. And while we're in the grocery store, my grandma said that I was just in the buggy, just, huh, you know, and I was preaching. I'm a little boy at this time. Mm -hmm. And I'm just preaching. I'm going in. And she told me, she was like, Ty, quiet down. It's like you being loud in here. And, you know, <laughs> she said that there was a man that walked up to a black man, all black suit you know, white uh, beard, you know, all of that, that put his hand on her and said, he's doing what he's supposed to do and said something else, prophesied to her about me and, you know, different other things like that. She was kind of rude with him and short with him. So then, you know, she's walking around a little bit. She felt bad. So she's like, where can I go find him again? You know, she went to look for him. She went and asked the kid because she told me it was the type of store that only had one entrance and one exit. So it wasn't, you know, it was like one specific area. She asked the cashier people, uh, have you seen this guy? They're like, nobody been in the store like that today. <laughs> so she had an encounter with an angel that told her the things that I was supposed to be doing. And she's been telling me that story. She was telling me that story even when I wasn't saved. I'm going to wow. go on to that part now. So um, as I continue to get older, I love the supernatural. Supernatural things intrigued me. I loved it. I loved it. The problem was I wasn't really taught that God 
operates in the supernatural the way that he does. I thought that simply everything was just meshed together and that everything, you know, was God. I didn't know that there was a difference. So in third grade, third grade, spirit started coming to me in my sleep. Nobody brought me in the new age. This is a spirit that did it. Spirit started coming to me in my sleep and they started saying, hey, you know, do this, do that. Telling me different rituals and things to do. Now, I'm a little boy. I don't know any better. I just know I'm having these dreams. You know, I'm uh, seeing these things. I'm seeing dead people, which it's not people. It's demonic spirits. You know, all that. My sister will tell me, you know, even now, she's like, Ty, you remember you said you saw uh, such and such standing downstairs? You know, all that type of stuff. So spirits started manifesting themselves to me. And uh, one day this spirit manifested itself to me in the form of of another child. And it told me that its name was Kate Morgan. Now, that's the name it gave me. It wasn't until recently that I went and looked up that name. If you're in the comments, go look that name up on Google and see what it is. Now, it's not the actual spirit of that actual person. It's a demon that manifested itself as such. So that was the type of stuff that I grew up in. I started getting involved in magic, new age, spell books, got my first voodoo doll when we went to New Orleans, you know, had tarot cards, would be sitting on my floor playing with tarot cards, Mm. all that kind of stuff, right? But, and I'm giving an extremely, extremely uh, long story, making it really short. So, towards the back end, prior to me getting saved, right, um, I was involved and I was real intrigued by what people would call aliens. So, I would go on these little, you know, hunts and, you know, these little things. I was really out there searching, like Area 51 searching. Man, yes, man. Those, <laughs> them spirits had me deep in it, man. You know, I'll take pictures of spirits on my phone, you know, all that type of stuff. So uh, I left this part out. So Pensacola, Florida, every Halloween, they have something where they have tours. I don't know if they still do it right now, but they used to do it back uh, maybe like about 10 plus years ago. So they would do these tours where you could go downtown in the Seville area and haunted tours. I'd go down there, take pictures. Spirits started showing up in my pictures. And we would be sitting around TGI Fridays, me, my sister, her friends, my friends, my mom, and all that looking at these pictures. One spirit that literally popped up, I wish I had my old phone so I could show it, but it it, it appeared like this real shapely succubus uh, shadow on the, on the wall. And the words behind it in very loose letters looking like they're dripping off the wall was H-E-L-L. And we were all like, well, see, we thought it was the coolest thing. I didn't know any better. We thought it was the coolest thing. So, you know, fast forwarding again, uh, started getting involved with this infatuation with like aliens and different things like that, which, you know, when we say aliens, people typically think of little antenna green men and all that type of stuff. Um, I didn't know what they were at the time. Now I know that they're Nephilim like in nature and hybrids, fallen angels, uh, you know, angelic in nature, things like that. So I was searching for them. Nothing, you know, popped up initially until one day, and I and I would rarely tear, tell this, but one day I was laying in the bed, phone fully charged, fully charged. I'm dozing off. I go to sleep. I go into something what would be similar now as having a, a vision or a night vision where there was this craft in the front yard and blinking lights. That's all I remember. I wake up. I wake up. My phone is completely dead. The battery is completely dry. You know, I'm like, bro, what just happened? Yeah. You know, um, 
I got saved, you know, eventually, and I'm going to tell that part in a second, and started realizing that spiritual beings can literally uh, mess with technology. They can mess with technology, drain it, different things, you know, as such. We know that God himself, you know, can infuse himself within objects because we see this in the book of Acts. I think it's Acts chapter 17 or around there, don't quote me, where God infused his glory into objects cloths and people would be healed by them. We know the enemy loves to copy God. The Bible talks about that you have false idols and demons attached, you know, to those idols. So yeah. that didn't fool me. So, but at that time I didn't know anybody. So I go on, you know, about my business and eventually God is so good. Um, I'm about to have, um, man, my daughter from a previous relationship, and I started thinking to myself, I really want to change. I wasn't, my mind was far, farthest away from Jesus. Mm -hmm. I wasn't even thinking about Jesus. So I was like, I really need to change for the better because I was fighting, I was cussing out police, you know, in witchcraft, all that type of stuff. And I was like, I have to be a good dad to my daughter, you know, all of that. So I'm making gradual steps, making gradual steps, still nothing about Jesus. Out of nowhere within this process at the end of 2009, it's like I heard this resounding echo voice coming from deep in my spirit. Tell my people I'm coming. Tell my people I'm coming. Tell my people I'm coming. And it just continued to resound, resound, resound. It wasn't like he just continually said, tell my people I'm coming. It's like he said it one time and it continued yeah, to resound in my spirit. Yeah. You know, like that. At the end of 2009 and at that point in time, it terrified me. So after that, I started reading the book of Revelation because I'm, I'm like, bro, you, I, I just hear this. I'm going to the book of Revelation right now, reading it. So I'm devouring that book. Um, the Lord started bringing me gradually. I gave my life to Christ. After that, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And then he started taking me along baby steps. He was like, uh, there, I don't want you to get, I don't want you to listen to all these pastors and preachers and all of that. Because it wasn't a pastor or preacher that came to me that, told me the gospel, you know, it was the Lord himself that brought, like, out of, I wasn't even planning uh, coming back to him and, you know, like that. But the Lord was like, there was one uh, man of God that I want you to listen to. His name is Perry Stone. So I was like, okay, Lord. So I started listening to Perry. God is so good. Lo and behold, after I listened to him for a little bit, he was coming to uh, the area that I was in. Wow. He was coming to Pace, Florida. I'm, I lived in Pensacola, Florida. He was coming to Pace, uh, Florida, Pace Assemblies of God in March of 2010. And he was doing, a, a, you know, a, like a revival type of thing. He was uh, doing a conference type of thing. So when we're there at the conference, I, you know, um, go and I'm leaving a lot of stuff out. Go that morning. He's preaching the very first message that I hear him preach in person. The seven years we're in heaven, you know, after the coming of the Lord, you know, all of that. So after that, he's like, for those of you that want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, come on back to tonight's service, you know, and all that. So I'm like, oh, man, this is good. I've I got back, you know, because uh, my grandmother, they went to, you know, the home church. I was like, Nana, Nana, uh, I went through there and they said, you know, come back tonight to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to go. I want to go. Can we go? Can we go? Can we go? And she was like, yeah, yeah, I'll go with you. Um, so, you know, uh, my grandma and I, we ended up going to the service uh, that night. And uh, the message he preached was concerning the uh, biblical beast, the Antichrist. At the end of the message, at the end of the message, he called everybody up that wanted to be filled. He started praying. 
Before he could fully finish praying, it felt like liquid fire going inside of him. Mm. And after that, I started speaking in tongues. I could not stop for the next several hours. My grandpa was in the car like, Ty, how many fingers am I holding up? How many fingers am I holding up? Because I was just <laughs> praying in tongues. He thought I went crazy. But I literally, I was praying, you know, in tongues the whole time, which was so cool because uh, a few weeks prior to, I had a dream where, you know, somebody was like, Ty, stop telling people Jesus is coming. That's going to scare them, you know, and all, all that. But I'm like, the Lord told me to do this. So I went to bed. I was like, God, if you want me to do this, give me a dream, something like that. That night I had a dream about that. After the dream, it was like I was, my spirit was sucked somewhere into eternity. And I see this big, like, electrical ball of bluish white light going, whoa, whoa like electrical electrical currents that felt like it was going inside of me. And it was like, I wanted to burst, but then I, I didn't think nothing much of it when I woke up really. But when I got filled with the Holy spirit, I realized that was a pre like, you remember how Jesus, he blew on his disciples prior to them being filled. Mm -hmm. That was almost in a sense, God blowing on me prior to me being filled, you know, with the Holy spirit. And yeah, that was in uh, 2009, 2010. And people that know me at the time will tell you that, I went in my senior year in high school one way. The second half of the senior year, it was like 180. So wow. that's my testimony in very short form. Man, that's an incredible testimony. Um, I know there was a part of that where you had to question yourself, like, do I even need to tell people this? Like, are they going to understand? Are they going to think I'm crazy? Especially when um, it happened to you when you were younger. Have mm -hmm. you ever had a moment where you had to think twice before sharing it with somebody and then what did that feel like for you? Um, at, well, hold on. At that point in time, I didn't. I'm, I'm just like, man, 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 man. Let me go, you know, share it. But then as I started getting visions and dreams and stuff, and that started increasing, I'm like, how do I share this? Who do I share? You know, I'm like, hey, you know, I started, you know, talking to um, pastors and like, can you teach me about learning the voice of God? Because I don't want to speak the wrong thing. Yeah. I'm having these, you know, and all that type of stuff. So that's how it, you know, was because I'd never wanted to uh, say anything inaccurate. My mm -hmm. wife will tell you that, uh, you know, I would literally be on the floor crying if I even thought I missed a prophetic word, you know, something like that. Because the reason, you know, is because the prophetic, so many people, they want to walk in the prophetic. They want to walk as a prophet. They want to do all these things because they see, oh my gosh, so many people like you. So many people like you. So many people, that, that's that's not it. There's Yes, there are people that respect you to an extent. There are certain people that like you, but there's a lot more people that don't like you, right. you know, unfortunately. And even in the body of Christ, because the body of Christ is supposed to celebrate those of the fivefold and just any other believer, you know, as well, no matter who you are, we're supposed to celebrate each other. But um, it was important to me to have a high level of character, prophetic integrity, and accuracy, because when I speak, I don't ever want to be the reason somebody leaves from God by me giving a false prophetic word, you know, or something like that. Because if they say something about me, cool, but then if they start saying something about God and they, you know, all that type of stuff, then I'm like, oh my gosh, that type of thing. So when it comes to have I ever thought, second thought on stuff, yes. It's only whenever I'm testing prophetic words to release them in an overall sense, if that makes sense. It does. You know, um, you just reminded me of something. I, I'm going to go ahead and share this with you. I had a moment where I had an assignment from, from God, and I didn't know what it was. Does that make sense? You ever had yeah. an assignment 
you just knew God was telling you to do something, so you just be obedient to that that tuck on your heart to do it. But then yep. when you get there, you're just like, okay, God, what what are you trying to show me? Here? Like, what, yep. what am I supposed to be doing here? I'm gonna share this with you because it's like it's gonna bring me back to this place where I was remembering, like, what am I supposed to be doing here? Yeah. So I came home from the hospital, uh, 12 days on a ventilator, all kinds of experiences I've been through. But make a long story short, when I got better, um, I had this desire to go to Chicago and this brotherhood event with Marcus Rogers. Now, I get there and I'm like, yo, I don't know what God want me to do, mm-hmm. but I'm here, Lord. I don't know why I'm all the way in Chicago, yeah. uh, but I'm here. And literally everybody at that brotherhood event, some way, shape, or form, I've crossed paths with them since. Live, SP, Ray Duggar, Rick Rogers, Marcus Rogers, um, you know, just everybody, Isaiah Robin, Karen Delight, Mike Teasy, they yeah. all been on the podcast. But I met them all in person. Yeah. Now, I'm sitting here, and I'm telling you, I believe you were there, but okay. I'm not 100% sure. Yep. And so now it's coming back to me. Even you was at the event yep. that I was at. So it was literally like God put me in a situation where I saw ahead of time everybody that he wanted me to cross paths with. Yes. And now I'm connecting the dots. And I'm like, I know I've seen you somewhere. Yes. And we were at the same event in Chicago. Yep. Yep. And, and yep. now it makes perfect sense. It yes. makes perfect sense. And so I think that's important for all of us to realize that sometimes God is going to tell us to do things and it's not going to make sense to us. And yes. we're not going to understand in that moment of what he's trying to tell us to do. But mm-hmm. we have to really use our faith and just obey. Yes. Regardless of what it is, regardless if it makes sense, just obey. Yes. Because he knows what's around the corner. We the ones trying to figure it out. Boom. At the end of the day, he knows best. He's omniscient. He knows all. Yes. So I just wanted to share that with people because I know there's people listening right now. And they're probably like, man, I feel this tug on my heart. I know God is pushing me in this direction. But I don't know why. It's not our place to always know why. Mm-hmm. It's our place to let the Holy Spirit lead. And um, I think that's important when walking this narrow path because we follow in Christ. He's the way. We need to follow his leadership to get yes. where we need to go. Those, there's rooms that you need to be in right now, and you don't even know God is tugging you on your heart to fill in this application. You may yeah. feel like, look, I don't even like this type of work, but God could be trying to show you something that could actually lead somebody else to him. Because this is not all about us. Come on. It's not all about us. Sometimes God wants you to cross paths with certain individuals just for a season so you can point them to Christ. And that's Boom. it. Um, Boom. So, yeah, man, I just picked that. As you were speaking, I was like, hold on, wait a minute. So Lord, what sad. is it? What is it? I said, that's what it is. Yep. We ran across each other. We might not even have spoke, but I remember your face yep. uh, from it's the event. Yeah, that's yes. 100% the Holy Ghost. And just... Real quick before we uh, jump somewhere else to piggyback on what you said, that's 100% correct. God does little prophetic foreshadowings. We see 
um, in the Bible. In the Bible, we see something called types and shadows. And type and shadow example, as you know, the Old Testament. And I'll use the easiest for those in the comment section for them to uh, you know, resonate with. In the Old Testament, you had where God commanded the Passover and the Passover lamb to be slain. Now, they were continuously do this because it was a type and shadow. And Paul made mention of this of Yeshua, Jesus, being the Lamb of God, different things like that. I have noticed various points in our walks with God that God will give little types and shadows. He'll he'll leave hints in creation. He'll place hints inside of creation, and then he'll just say, go over here, look at that person. You don't even know why you're looking at them. Look at that person, just so they can be in your memory bank. And then 10 years down the road, you'll see it. You'll be like, you know what? I saw you and something like that. And many times God will drop a seed like that so they can be there. So then whenever he's ready to connect the two people, like in this situation, he rolls them on in just like that. So prophetic yeah. types and shadows. Yes. And I think what's so important for that, you know, for people to understand what you just said, it's about God's timing. Boom. Because you see with him knowing everything and how, it, how life is going to play out, he knows what needs to be done at the specific time. Yes. So even though we may be in the same room, that might not be the time that he needs us to talk. Yes. This could be that time. Yes. You get yes. what I'm saying? And it's, it's yes. like that in so many areas of people's lives. Sometimes, like, I pray for things, and I'm glad God didn't give them to me when I actually initially prayed for them. Yes. Because I wasn't ready at the time, but I was praying for it. Mm-hmm. But was I ready for it? And at that time, now that I, I, I look back, I'm like, no, I wasn't. Because I still had to grow spiritually. I had to mature in, in that area where I was weak. And, and now that I progress in that area, it's like now I understand why it didn't happen in that time and that I wanted it. But yes. you see, God knows all. So while we trying to figure it out, he's, he's like, I got this. Yeah, and so we just yeah. gotta trust them, man. So put Amen. your faith in Christ. Put your faith in in God, man. Because whatever it is that you want to do with your life, one of the things that I learned was that we have to seek His will. Yes, when yes. you seek His will, everything else falls into place. Everything. That's it. So, Definitely. man, you've been doing so much on social media. Let's go ahead and break the numbers down. I don't even know if you know this, but on TikTok, four hundred and fifty-five thousand followers. IG, 142,000, YouTube, 108,000, and that's just three platforms. I didn't even tally up, like, Facebook or any of that. So just on those three platforms, did you ever imagine God using you in this way? You know what? Initially, no. Um, Let me separate what I just said so I won't confuse anybody. I knew God was going to use me to reach people on the masses, but not in this manner. Um, post-salvation, you know, I had a few prophetic words. One day there was this, uh, uh, birthday party going on, you know, right next door, you know, to my grandparents' house, old neighbors, Joe and Anna, you know, had family over, um, went over there. This lady just started literally prophesying to me. Like I, she just started pro- like that wasn't even what the party was for. She just started prophesying to me. She was like, I can't help it. You know, there's a friend that she was like, you're going to reach millions. You're going to reach millions. The Elijah anointing is upon you. And I'm like, Elijah, I need to go research Elijah. Who's Elijah? And then right. so I started to go research Elijah, you know, all of that. So from then on, you know, as well as other points, different dreams that the Lord, you know, would give, uh, you know, me 
uh, likening, you know, with Billy Grant, you know, all that type of stuff. I knew that God would put, you know, my wife and I before masses. I didn't know in what way. It wasn't until I believe 2020 um, where I had a dream. My wife, you know, started, she was like, Ty, get on TikTok. We need to do TikTok. We need to do TikTok. But I was like, I'm not really interested in doing TikTok. And I have ADHD. So because I have ADHD, if I if I'm not interested in something, it's virtually impossible for me to do it, you know, like that. So I'm like, uh, you know, all that type of stuff. It wasn't until one night God gave me a dream and he said, get on TikTok. And I was like, get on TikTok. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll get on uh, TikTok. So I get on TikTok. And when I get on TikTok, started making videos. My first page went to 120K. It got shadow banned. So I had to make a new TikTok, which right. went up to maybe like about 140K or something like that. Shadow banned. Made a new TikTok. Got maybe up to 275K shadow banned. New TikTok. 175K shadow banned. New TikTok. Wow. The t- TikTok that you're seeing now is my most recent TikTok. So, you know, God told me in a dream, he was like, get on TikTok. That's where you're going to reach people. You know, all that type of stuff. Uh, and then from there... You know, I ended up getting on, uh, I've, I've been on Facebook. I've been on Facebook already, but my reach wasn't that super huge there. So from TikTok, I ended up getting on, you know, IG and YouTube, but I wasn't really on YouTube like that, like that, you know, already. I had a few past pages. The one that you see now is my most recent page. It wasn't until um, maybe like, I want to say, I don't want to say this time last year, I mean, two years ago, something like that. The Lord, uh, you know, spoke to me through my wife and was like, start making more YouTube videos. Then, you know, Mark, Marcus, he was like, the Lord wanted me to tell you to, you know, start making more uh, YouTube videos and stuff. So, you know, I'm like, all right, Lord, I'll start making them. So I started making them, you know, and all that. They weren't really hidden like that. So I was, you know, like, so, so one of my YouTube videos exploded. So then after that, I started making them and they just started trending up, snowball effect. And then after that, God, I had an Instagram. God was like, um, you know, start posting on Instagram more. And I was like, God, I post on Instagram, not not being disobedient, but I'm like, Lord, I post on Instagram, but it, nobody really sees it and right. stuff. But I'm going to post because, you know, I reach two people, glory to God, three people, glory to God. But I'm like, I feel like you're telling me, though, because you want the increase. You, you got to do this. So lo and behold, I forgot what it was, but I did one, two, three, few videos. It just started taking off, started taking off, and then just started hitting where it is now. So God's opened up plenty doors with, you know, so many people, you know, through these got me in rooms that I've never thought, you know, um, I would be in in detail overall. Yes. But in detail, no. Um, God has just been blowing my mind. And oh, man, he's just he's just awesome, man. Man, it's amazing what God can do with your yes. obedience, man. Um, now, there's part of this walk where you start to deal with spiritual warfare. Okay, mm-hmm. and this happens at every single level. So yeah. please, y'all, when you're listening to me, don't think spiritual warfare only starts when you get to this level and you get this many amount of followers. It has nothing to do with followers, y'all. <laughs> Absolutely no. zero to do with followers. Now, when it comes with spiritual warfare, though, has the intensity changed with yes. the amount of reach that you have? The intensity has definitely changed. The more uh, in spiritual warfare, you guys, as, as bro just said, literally, you're going to get it. As soon as you step in to the door to become a Christian, you're going to get spiritual warfare. The enemy's going to try to detour you. But I have noticed with the more influence, the more intense uh, the spiritual warfare has got. Now, coming out of witchcraft, just in general, spiritual warfare has always been heavy because when I got out, spirits didn't want me out. As soon as I got out, it, it oh my gosh, 
when God told me to move to Chicago, um, you know, prior to me moving from Florida to Chicago, the enemy was, bam, I was waking up with scratches on me, all that type of stuff. The uh, spirits that I was involved with prior to, spirit spouse, they didn't want me to leave uh, because obviously get to Chicago, that's when ministry was going to take off, all of that. So spiritual warfare, it continues to gradually increase like strange stuff. Like one day, um, and this happened, man, this didn't even happen recently, but I'm going to say it because I think it's important for people in here to hear this. And then I'll go on to the other part. One day I was going to sleep and I was going to sleep. I kind of went into a minor sleep paralysis. A spirit came to me and was like, I'm Jesus. It was a black silhouette, you know, all that. I was like, no, you're not. I said, I repeat you in the name of Jesus. You know, it left. It let me know somebody sent it. I get on Facebook the next day. There was a lady that said, I sent a demon to you. Did it come? And I'm like, yes. Uh, and I rebuked it. And I rebuked it. So yeah. that on top of now, when literally when your face is seen everywhere, you're going to get the exposed videos. You're going to get people taking your words out of context. People take my face. that It's so funny. And I say it's funny in the sense because they don't make me mad easily. I laugh because if you take my face and do that, I'm, I'm a humorous person. Oh, that looks funny. They'll take my face distorted all type of ways. I'm like, bro, that's the best you could do. You know, whatever, you know, that type of stuff. But people take what I say, uh, you know, out of context. You know, they like type one thing they said. I was doing a video uh, with, um, you know, bro, Mark, and uh, I said something in the video from a heaven experience I had. This is one of the top things they bring up to me, where I said during this heaven experience, when I looked at the father, first the father, he is so immensely huge. He is bigger, and I made sure I said taller, than 1,500 miles high, right? People, and it's typically the cessationist group, the group that doesn't believe that God does miracle signs and wonders, they'd be like, Oh, so Ty, you said that God is 1,500 miles high. No, I did. I said that he's greater than 1,500 miles high. I gave a point of reference just so a human brain could just get an idea. And, you know, uh, I go with the scripture where, you know, in uh, the Old Testament, where it makes mention in Chronicles um, that heaven and earth can't contain you. Heaven can't contain you. How much more for me to build a temple down? God is huge. You know, yeah. we, we often try at times try to put God in this little religious box to try to make him small. But, you know, he's huge. And that's one of the key things that they take out of context, you know, is that. Right. that I like, say, have God you seen the size of the universe? <laughs> what do you think? I'm like, have you seen the size of the universe? Exactly. <laughs> what? Man, people. So that's one of the top things, you know, that um, warfare. You will have people, you know, try to speak curses, you know, on me, of course. I have New Agers, because I used to be in the New Age, of course, New Agers trying to, you know, call me out, you know, stitch my videos, all types of stuff like that. So, yeah. you know, if I were to tell you some of the stories of the stuff that I would go through on that, some people wouldn't, you know, believe it. But it definitely increases. Now, it's important for people to understand how do we fight in the spirit. So let's talk about this full armor of God. And I would like for you to break down from your perspective every single um, one of them. So let's start off with the helmet of salvation. Absolutely. And for you guys, that's in the comments. To give you guys a scriptural reference, this would be located in Ephesians chapter 6, where the Bible says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, power, spirits of wickedness in heavenly places. And then we're told to therefore take up the whole armor of God. So you have, you know, starting with the uh, helmet. Uh, you said the helmet, right? Yep, helmet. Yep. The helmet is just that. And these are from my notes. A uh, helmet. Interestingly enough, when Paul used the uh, armor of God as an example, he was taking examples and, you know, divinely infused examples from the Roman, um, from the Roman armor, from the Roman armor, which is a nugget in itself because the Roman armor was secular in nature, yet God used it to point to something in scripture. Mm. So God can use things that's not initially of him to point to greater revelation and stuff. I thought that was a nice, nice little nugget to drop for those of you in the comments. So the helmet of salvation, a helmet is just that a helmet. The Roman helmets were made out of copper and iron, okay? This was used to protect the soldier's head from any type of blow or weapon. So as you can see, well, I don't have the picture up here. The Roman helmet, and if you guys look it up, you can see how the helmet of the Romans guarded the side of their face. What does this have to do with salvation? For one, the head leads the rest of the body, okay? The head leads the rest of the body. Salvation leads the rest of our walk with God. Next, repentance has to take place, which is the changing of the mind, you know, or practice of sin, the turning away, right? The helmet is the mind of salvation, which protects our thinking, okay? We must allow salvation to guard and protect and lead our thinking. So that's the helmet of salvation notes. <laughs> hey, look, clap it up, y'all. <laughs> Glory to God. That was deep. And I say that because I just knew you was going to be one of the um, the best people to ask this question to. Praise God. Because so often people will look at this and just, okay, having a, I mean, helmet of salvation. Okay, that's just my helmet. But the way that you break that down, man, you have a gift of communicating the way um, people can understand on a deeper level. And I think that's one of the, the amazing gifts that God has given you, man, just being able to communicate. So, y'all, fasten your seatbelt. We ain't done yet. <laughs> Praise God. Thank you. Which one you want to go to now? Let's go to the Shield of Faith. Shield of Faith. Yes, let me go to that one. Shield of Faith. The Greek word that's used here for shield means a shield. That it's a heavy, oblong Roman shield. If you know what an oblong looks like, it's heavy oblong, right? Now, it's literally has the imagery of a gate or a door. Like the Roman shields literally looked like they were holding a door or a gate, you know, miniature in a sense. Now, it was large enough to provide full protection from attack. Now, when Paul says to take the shield of faith, he says above everything else. This shield was about four to five feet. The cool thing about this was if soldiers stood together, right, it would form a large protective covering from certain weaponry. The Roman soldiers literally had to... Come on, come The on. Roman soldiers literally had to run olive oil on their shields to keep them from becoming dry, to be safe from a fire since it had animal skin on it. If we don't spend time in God's presence with him as our anointing, olive oil, our anointing, our faith can become dry and destroyed when the fiery darts of the enemy come. 
And when the Roman soldiers stood together, it made a large protective shield. The important reason for the body of Christ to stand in unity in faith is because it does that same exact shielding in the spirit against the plan of the enemy. So Come that's on. the shield of faith. Come on, y'all. Hey, look, this is a this is powerful stuff here, y'all. I hope y'all taking notes. <laughs> Glory to God. I've never Glory. heard it explained like that ever. But that Praise is so God. powerful because you see, even in that, the details matter. And yeah. as I hear you explain it, it's so easy to forget that, hey, we're an army of the Lord. Yes. And we're not in this by ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that we're stronger together, especially when we stand on faith. Yes. Man. Yes. Come on. Wow. Come on. I'm ready. I'm excited now. You got me going. Let's go. Let's go. Which one you want to go to Breast next? Breastplate of righteousness. Breastplate. Let's go to that one. Breastplate of righteousness. According to Strong's, the term breastplate in the Greek is thorax. And it means a breastplate, corslet, or uh I'm not going to pronounce that word. It's a long Greek word. Anyways, a breastplate or a coat of mail, like it's called, which protected the chest and extended down to the hips. So the breastplate wasn't just right here. It extended down to the hips. If you've ever seen, you know, the Bible series or those, you know, Passion of Christ, you'll see how the Roman soldiers, you know, breastplates extended down uh, to the hips. It protects, um, you know, the heart. It protects vital organs. All of these things. The uh, Greek word that's used for righteousness means righteousness and justice, the judicial approval, approval of God. So let's put it together. The breastplate of the Roman soldier was made from metal strips pieced together. It was created to protect vital organs of the human body. It would protect the heart and the area from the enemy's weaponry. To be girded with the breastplate of righteousness You must have a heart set on true justice. This is not the justice of the world, but it's the justice of God. If you don't know what the justice of God is, study how he handled situations in Scripture. You'll understand the justice of God is the ultimate uh, ultimate display. And the ultimate display of the justice of God is the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's also interesting to note that this, the uh, breastplate of righteousness, was tied to the belt was tied to the belt. Mm. True justice is tied to the reality of Jesus Christ and his thoughts on the matter. And the belt is just so happy to call the belt of truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So that's how that flows together. Come on. And you didn't step right into the belt of truth. That was going to be my next one. Let's go. Let's go. The belt of truth right here. Jesus says in John 14, 6, I am the, the Holy Spirit is telling me to emphasize this. Back on the breastplate of righteousness, protects vital organs, protects your heart. When you wear the breastplate of righteousness and the justice of God, you'll have a better uh, a better discipline on your emotions because then you'll understand why God does some of the things that he does so it won't surprise you as much. So put on the breastplate of righteousness so when you see certain things that God does, it doesn't hurt you as much. Now, uh, and then I'm just going to tap in really quick because yeah. the heart is so important um, because that's what God judges. He's not judging the outward appearance, but the inside of the heart, that's what he's judging when he's yes. looking at us. And so, you know, the heart tells the truth. 
about yes. everything. It shows who you really are. Yes. And it's one of those things where the Bible even tells us who can even understand it. Come on. So it needs protection. And that yeah. Holy Ghost fire type of protection, especially when the enemy is trying to attack your heart. Yes. Because yes. he's coming to kill, steal, and destroy. And if he can come and take your heart, he got everything else that follows. Yes. So, yes. Yeah, the heart is very important and, and it's very significant because we have to believe in Christ with all of our heart. Yes. That's yes. so important. So, yeah, man, I wanted to add on to that. Now, Come on. The, the next one is uh, Sword of the Spirit. Yes. I'm a, um, yeah, I'll do that after the Belt of Truth. I'm about to okay, die. Okay, my bad. I'm sorry. Let's get it. So, um, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I want you to notice that Jesus didn't say, I am a truth. He said, I am the truth, right? The Greek word that is used for truth means reality. Jesus essentially said, I am the way, the reality, and the life. When life is said and done, when the covers are pulled back, it is there when the human being will see the reality. The reality is Yeshua himself. The belt holds things in place. This belt is called uh, Baltius early on in a kingulum. Uh, I have a hard time pronouncing that one. Uh, late, they had bronze plates and had five straps of leather in the front of the person. Five is the number of grace, right? Mm. Five is the number of grace. This is interesting because the belt represents the truth. I'm going to say this before I hit you with this. The belt had five straps, and it's called the belt of truth. Five is the number of grace. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. When you go to John 1.17, the Bible says, for the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus. Mm. So the belt of truth literally has the symbolic number of grace, and it's called truth. The belt has the number of grace, which represents truth. Jesus is the truth. John 1.17 says, grace and truth come via Jesus. It can also represent the fivefold ministry, which is an expression of Yeshua and showing who he is in truth. The belt held everything up in the armor. Truth is what keeps us girded in everything. It's important to know Jesus as the truth so everything will be in place. So, wow, come on. So, in other words, Jesus holds it all together. Everything. Come on. Everything. Man, Everything. that's deep. That's deep. The, the, because you said something intriguing real quick, and I'm teaching this on this month's class, that Jesus holds everything together. And this hit me a few years ago. People ask me, and I say this to whenever people ask me now, why did it have to be Jesus to die for us? Why couldn't it be anybody else? Beginning answer, he's the son of God. He's God in the flesh. He's the perfect, you know, sacrifice. But it's deeper than that. When you go to Genesis chapter one, you'll see, and God created the heavens and the earth. And it goes on to say, and God said, let there be light. And there was light. Offhand, we tend to think of that light as the sun, the moon, and the stars. It wasn't. The sun, the moon, and the stars was created on the fourth day. That light right there is the same light in John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And it goes on to say his life was the light of men. God said, let there be light. God's Word, who is Yeshua, the light of the world, went out. 
And then after God said, let there be light, God continued his uh, recreation process here on the earth. So everything was created through this substance of the word of God and light. Everything. Mm-hmm. Hence why Colossians 1.18 says that all things were created by him, through him. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. The reason why we have to be saved through Christ is because everything was literally originally created through his substance when God said, let there be light. So we have to be restored to God through him because we were created through him in the first place. So when you said that everything comes back to him, everything literally comes back to him, even at the point of the initial creation. So yeah, man. So whatever you want to go to next. This is powerful, y'all. I hope y'all taking notes. I hope y'all taking notes. This is some powerful stuff. So we're going on to the sword of the spirit. Oh, that one's going. Ooh, that's going to be deep. You know what? I'm. Uh, do you mind if I do the gospel of peace? Because that the sword of the spirit is is that one's oh, man. Absolutely. Was, Go ahead. Okay, Let's cool. Because whew, okay, the shod feet gospel of peace. The shoes are the gospel of peace. The term shod is interesting. In the Greek, it means to bind under. The gospel needs to be bound at our foundation. Our walk needs to reflect the gospel. Anywhere we walk should have the opportunity to walk through and spread the gospel. The shoes were leather sandals with straps around the calves all the way to the knees. This helps the soldiers and walking long distances without foot consequences. Under the shoes were metal studs to help with fighting and walking and running. The gospel and its walk You have to have agility and strength to be effective when you spread the gospel. Mm -hmm. This echoes what the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win more. And to the Jews, I became a Jew that I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law, I became under the law. So I might win those that are under the law. To those who are without the law is without the law. Um, you know, not being without law towards God, but under the law towards Christ, that I might win those who are without law. So the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak to, and he, and, and he says this, I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now I do this for the gospel's sake. So also in Proverbs eleven thirty. The fruit of righteousness is the tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. Mm. Then you have in Isaiah 52, 7, how beautiful on the mountains are the feet of those who bring the good news, who proclaim peace, who bring good tidings, who proclaim salvation, who say, Zion, uh, your God reigns. According to scripture, we have to be wise in flexibility and agility when we spread the gospel. Just as the Roman soldier's shoes presented flexibility and agility, so we have to be like the Apostle Paul. We have to become all things to all men so we can just win some. So the gospel shoes are shoes of agility. Yeah. So that's the uh, feet of the gospel of peace. I don't know why when you said that, the first thing that ran across my mind was shoes matter. Yes. <laughs> yes. Because if you yes. even take this down to just physics, right, and you yes. think about basketball, you yes. know the difference, what we used to call back in the days butter cookies versus regular, like, really good supportive footwear. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like, you know, the one that's sliding all over the court and then the insoles Ooh. are tearing apart. And it's like, yeah, you know, the shoes matter because yeah. your performance is affected, like, impacted by them. So yeah. the better the shoe, the better the performance as well. Yes. 
man, it's amazing. God is just so good. Like, think about how he thought all of this through. Like, yes. Everything. Man, the, and that's the beautiful thing about the Bible, y'all. Like, there is nothing left untouched. Like, nothing. to the very detail. Like, on every level to the very detail. It's like, you ever hear the saying? You just don't miss. Just like, don't. He don't. Man, he doesn't, man. It's crazy, man. During the heaven experience, the Holy Spirit told me specifically, he was like, every single thing in creation reflects me. And if you can look at something, it, let me go back. He said, every single thing in creation reflects me. Look at something. And when you can tell how it reflects me, that's you. That I'm taking you into a deeper understanding of me. So anything you look at, if somebody, if we go outside, like, in the, I, I, I'm not saying this for my Lord Jesus. No, I'm saying this for the glory of God because it shows who he is. But if somebody were to say, hey, uh, they point to an ant or they point to a bee or they point, how does this reflect God? There are intricate details, as you just mentioned, in each point of creation. Even things that man created, there are intricate points in it that still detail deep things of God that can be found in Scripture. So everything literally comes back to God. Literally. Everything. Everything. Now, that's important because I feel like we're just building, man. That's even yes. more important because that goes to show that the enemy just perverts what's already been created. Ooh, don't get me started on that. Yes. You know, so when we think about it, what the enemy tries to offer you is literally just the generic version of to the, the original thing. Boom. Come Boom. on, man. This is something, yes. this is something special, y'all. I hope y'all get this excited about your word because this is what the devil doesn't want you to know. The devil yeah. don't want you to think the Bible is interesting. Mm -hmm. The devil wants you to believe that this book is nothing but a book of rules and really, yes. it's the basic instructions before leaving Earth. When you Ooh. tap into the Word of God, you start to learn more about yourself as well because we are made in the image of God. The image of God. So you need to get into this Word and start living your life according to His principles. And the reason behind that is really because it's like skipping life and not reading the instruction manual. Yeah. And you wonder why you struggle with all these different things in your life. Have you read the instructions? Come on. Come on. Just read the instructions. Listen, yep. God did not leave us here blind. He did not leave us here to figure this thing out on our own. Come on. He left us with the Holy Spirit. So if you don't have the Holy Spirit, invite him into your life because he's here to help you. Yes. He's here to help you do the will of God and also your purpose. Yes. A lot of people, they're trying to figure out their purpose right now. I don't even know why I'm born. I don't know why I'm here. You need to tap in with the source, which is the Holy Spirit, which is God. Because just like in school, when we get an assignment from the teacher, and maybe we was talking, maybe we were sleeping, and we didn't hear the directions, right? So what do you do? You, you, you sit here like, oh, snap. Well, if I sit here and do nothing, I definitely going to fail. Yep. So what you do, you raise your hand. And you ask the teacher who gave you the, the instructions or the assignment what it is that you need to be doing. It's the same thing with life. We need to just humble ourselves and ask God, what is our purpose? Boom. Of course, Boom. he's going to reveal it to you. But at the end of the day, you got to have faith. Have yes. faith. Have faith. Have faith. So yes. now... Speaking of that, oh, right, go ahead. Can, can I piggyback off what you just said real quick? Go ahead. Because you just, man, <laughs> this is awesome. 
I'm not going to take too long. You mind? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. We build Listen, it. Listen to what bro just said. It is important. Get with the Holy Spirit. Here's a major tip for those of you that don't know where to go. Okay? Sit down with God. Look at the talents that God has given you. And look at ways to glorify God with those talents. If you write poetry, start writing poetry about God. If you write music, write music about God. If you can cook, you know, start cooking for God. Shoot, ask God, yo, because the Holy Spirit was telling me one day that he's bringing us into a time period where he's taking different people, chefs and all that, and he's going to start having them that have food trucks to park outside of clubs late at night so that when people get out, they're hungry, you know, and all that many times. And then when they get out, you know, and some people, of course, are going to be drunk, all that. They come over to that, uh, stumble and all that. They get the word. They get food and the word. They get the gospel. They get prophetic words and some will get deliverance. So some of you listening to this, God may have told you to cook. Take what I just said in prayer because God may have called you among that group. And I saw somebody in here mention a rainbow when we were talking about things that the enemy stole. I'm going to tell you a nugget about that. Uh, you know, before we hop on, you know, what uh, bro wanted to say. Real quick nugget. The Lord uh, shared with me that the rainbow itself it's stolen, of course. We know that. But why did the enemy steal the rainbow? Yes, it's covenant. Yes, he made a covenant with Noah. But here's a deeper point and outlook, right? When you take a look in heaven, there's a rainbow in heaven, okay? It's beautiful. Rainbow in heaven, multidimensional. There's rainbows here on earth. I would argue with people that a rainbow here on earth is one of the closest things you can get to seeing in the spirit with your visible eye, you know, in a consistent manner. When you take a look at a rainbow, what does a rainbow consist of? Just, you know, in basic level, water and light, right? Water and light, sunlight going through droplets of raindrops. The Lord shared with me my components. He displayed in scripture, what does the Bible say? That God is light. The Bible says, out of your spirit shall flow rivers of living water. And we see coming out of the throne of God, the river of life. So God has two essential points, light and water. It's who he is. It comes from him, right? right? I am the living water. So these two components mixing reflect the rainbow in heaven. A rainbow, listen to this, is a reflection and an expression of the heart of God and who he is. Because water, light, God proceeds with water, light, rainbow, reflection of who he is, which then will come to you even more so in the days of Noah, when he made the covenant with the rainbow, when he made the covenant with the rainbow, even that was a type of shadow because the rainbow was an expression of his heart. He made the covenant with himself, his heart. And that reflects him making another covenant with himself in Yeshua, the New Testament. So, some, so I saw somebody mention that in the comments, uh, you know, the rainbow was stolen. Man, this is so powerful stuff we got talking over here today, man. This is amazing. Um, oh, the, the sword of the spirit. Yes. Let's get it. The last one is the sword of the spirit, the one I love. Why? Because in Roman days, they used four different kinds of swords, right? Four different kinds of swords. There was a Pompey, a Valvary, a Gladius, and the uh, Macaria. The Greek word that's used for sword right here is Macaria, which is a short sword or dagger. It's a slaughter knife. The short sword or dagger is mainly used for stabbing, 
figuratively an instrument for ex, uh, extracting retribution. This is around a 19-inch sword that is double-edged, and it was used for stabbing. The Bible tells us that the word of God is sharper than any double-edged sword. This means that the word of God, like the sword right here that the Romans use, is multidimensional. God can speak to one situation and present two fulfillments. It also can have other applications. It can destroy the enemy's plans in a number of ways. It's important to have your sword with you to defeat Satan. So what's an example of this in the Bible? And the Lord taught me this early on when I was learning the prophetic and how to hear his voice. You'll see, because where God can speak one thing, double-edged, two fulfillments or multiple fulfillments. Ecclesiastes says, there is nothing new under the sun. That which has been will be. When you take a look in the Bible, Hosea, out, speaking of the Hebrews, speaking of the Hebrews, God says, out of Egypt, I have called my son, right? That's in reference to the Hebrews. But wait a minute, because when you go to Matthew chapter two, Matthew takes that same scripture and applies it to Jesus out of when he came out of Egypt, out of Egypt, I've called my son. So which one is it? I was like, God, which one is it? He was like, it's both of them. He was like, because it's one word out of Egypt, I've called my son but it's a reference to the Hebrews and Yeshua. And typically, if you guys aren't familiar with what a preterist is, preterist typically, they say that Jesus coming already happened in 70 AD with the destruction of the temple and you know all that type of stuff, right? And they typically point to Matthew 24 for this saying, that happened in history already, all that type of stuff. The Roman legion surround Jerusalem, all that. So I took it to God one day and I was like, God, they say this, you know, that he came already. And I'm looking, how do I talk to, because I know you told me when you called me, tell people that you're coming soon, but they're making good arguments. And this part is historical. He was like, remember with that? It's both. Mm. And I'm like, Lord, what do you mean? He said that when you read Matthew 24, that it is a portion of it is talking about a historical time, Romans coming in, you know, taking over 70 AD. Nevertheless, Jesus didn't come back then. He didn't come back yet. His feet didn't touch the Mount of Olives in it, causing an earthquake like it says in Zechariah 14. Right. He didn't set up his uh, area from Jerusalem. And he hasn't come back yet. That was a portion of that. The fullness of the prophecy will be fulfilled in the future with the Antichrist, you know, and all of that. So we see, in, again, right there, one prophetic word, two fulfillments, because the word of God is a double, is sharper than any double-edged sword. And it can apply to a number of situations. You could be in church, hear the pastor preach a word. That word can apply to you and 10 other people in the church. One word, multiple applica uh, applications. It right. can destroy the enemy's plans in a number of ways. Ooh, the word of now. God is multidimensional. Wow. So that is the sword of the spirit. Now, I love how you just explain that because for me, what I hear is multiple purpose. Yes. Like, um when I went through my situation on the ventilator, right, mm -hmm. I had literally uh, just started breaking down, you know, uh, the gospel with my wife and uh, literally showing her faith and how it all works and prayer and things like that. Yeah. So my whole time I'm on a ventilator is her first time having to exercise her faith. Mm -hmm. So while I'm going through this struggle, and I'm fighting for my life. I got people praying for me. There were churches fasting for me. I mean, it was like that. And I'm getting my healing. I'm getting my breakthrough. That's my miracle. But yeah. the miracle for her is her seeing the faith 
being put into action and seeing how real God is. So it's multiple purposes. Let's go. You know, and, and it's amazing because that ministered to both of us. Yeah. That one situation ministered to two of us. You get what I'm saying? And and literally brought us closer to God um, in a point where literally it was a reset that took place, you know, um, from that situation. But that's just one example of yeah. how God can really multitask. Yes. <laughs> Let's just put it like that. He can multitask. Yes. He has so many ways of reaching people. And I think it's so important that as we sum this up, to remember to never put God in a box. Never. Never put him in a box to say he can only do it this way 100% of the time because I've noticed that causes a lot of division even within the body of Christ. Um, yeah. A lot of people have these traditions of men and try to put God in those standards. Yeah. And that's not, that's not how it works. <laughs> it's not. We don't put God to man's standards. Come on. Come on. Man... Come on try their best through the faith in Jesus Christ to live up to his. Boom. That's the big difference between the two. Mm. Um, and, and it's so important because a lot of people can get discouraged on this walk when they see this division among us, each other. Um, but we have to really, really tap in with the sword. Amen. Um, I think this is very important. In the times that we're living in, you gotta, you got to have a type of faith that is uh, steadfast. It doesn't wait. Meaning, if something were to happen to my brother in Christ and he walks away from the faith, it's not going to impact my faith. It's not going to change the way my relationship is with Christ. What that means is you have to have your own encounter. You have to experience God for yourself. Yes. And that's so important. Stop trying to rely on somebody else's faith, somebody else's belief your pastor's faith, your pastor's belief. You need to have your own personal relationship with Jesus Christ so you can experience God for yourself because the same authority that he has given to the pastor, he has given to you if you're obedient to listen to the sound of the Holy Spirit and the direction that he wants you to walk in your life. And so I think it's so important that, you know, those people that be like, hey, can you pray for me? There's nothing wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there's nothing wrong for people to pray for you. I want you to understand that God has given you the ability to pray for yourself as well. Amen. That's, that's what's important. All of us have this authority. We have to tap into it. We got to tap in. You know, we got to go all in with Christ, y'all. Like, it doesn't matter what other people think about you. It doesn't matter how other people may look at you, like, at all. Because at the end of the day, you have to hold yourself accountable for your actions. Because on judgment day, he's judging your heart. Amen. He's not going to look at your brother's heart. He's not going to look at your sister's heart when he's judging you. He's looking at your heart. Amen. Amen. And so that is why we have to remember that this is a personal relationship with Christ. Because, man, let me tell you, we ain't never got it all together. Mentally, I'm telling you, you think you're in a space where be hold careful. on, hold on. Not, not to interrupt you. Not to interrupt you. You just said something, and I was receiving a prophetic word for you while you were talking, and I didn't want you to start telling, you yeah. know, and all that, and then, you know, all that. Do you mind if I give you the word first? Go ahead. Okay, because I didn't want, now I'm not saying you were going to say what I was going to say, but it, <laughs> I don't know if it was going to go in that direction or not, because you said a trigger word. Um, I want you to pray what I'm about to say. I want you to pray on it. Don't take my word for it. Pray on it. 
and it could uh, be within the next two months, the next 10 years, something like that. I don't put timing on prophetic words. That's something that the Lord taught me, unless he tells me specifically. How can I phrase this? Now, for those of you watching me, when you prophesy, you have a prophetic word that consists of three levels, um, revelation, interpretation, and application. I'm going to give the revelation first. Then I'm going to, you know, tell the rest, you know, as the Lord believes, as I believe. Um, you may not be interested in this right now. You may not even have an inkling to be in it. It may be the farthest thing from you. However, I see where the Holy Spirit is using you futuristically in the area of psychology and to, you know, match with people to help them on a greater level of mental stability. And I'm not speaking of just a few words of encouragement. I mean in-depth things. I mean in-depth things, helping them understand certain breakdowns of their emotions, you know, why they think the certain ways that they do, different things like that. And through that, if, if you don't, if you say, you know what, I'm not going to do it. I'm not saying you're going to go to hell for that. However, it's going to be missing out on a key piece, you know, that God wants to use you to push people towards their break, uh, breakthroughs. Because when God uses you in this area, God's going to, the Holy Spirit is saying, because he's bringing balance in the body of Christ, because yes, the enemy affects a lot of things. Yes, he does. In the same regard, the enemy can only affect things to a certain extent as if he's set up psychologically and spiritually in a person, right. if that's place. So the Lord's saying that he's bringing balance to, you know, this so people can get the fullness of deliverance because somebody may have demons cast out, but they're still in the same place psychologically. You know, all that. So I want you to pray about this. Don't take my word for it. Pray about it and wait until the Lord reveals it to you to take a step in that direction where you start helping people psychologically and, you know, like counsel in that arena. So you know, on. as you were saying that, I was hearing in my spirit that his people perishes because of a lack of knowledge. Yeah. And one of the things that, that hits me when I think about that is the fact that God holds us accountable. The wages yes. of sin is death. Yes. So there's a lot of things that's happening that is to our own consequences of our actions. Yes. And until people actually tap in and really understand that they have authority over this enemy that is attacking them that oh. is putting pressure on them and stressing them out, that oh. they have authority to take that uh, uh, authority Christ gave them and, and and rebuke depression, rebuke anxiety, rebuke those suicidal thoughts. That's authority. Yes. You get what I'm yes. saying? That's authority. So yes. there's so many people that are struggling with stress and anxiety and depression. They get yes. in this mode. I don't know how I can get through this. Take charge over your situation Come through on. the authority of Jesus Christ. Yes. Listen, yes. all heaven. In all earth, the authority has been given to him. Boom. That's, that's it. We are the salt of the earth. Yes. We're here to literally represent Christ. We're ambassadors of Christ. Yes. And so when the enemy sees us, he sees the authority we're operating in. So yes. that whole lack of knowledge is literally the double tricking you out your position to keep you crippled. Amen. And I, and I think about this, and I always think about the circus elephant. Because the circus elephant is big, 
thousands of pounds, a ton. And I look at these little people <laughs> with whips, guiding them around, and they're yeah. listening to their instructions. And they sit, they stand up, they 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 do all these tricks. Yes. And that really shows how the enemy, if he can manipulate your mind, we're no yes. different than that elephant. Amen. You don't recognize who you are in Christ. But when you do, all of a sudden, you're no longer in that circus. Come on. Come <laughs> so on. That's so important, y'all. Look in the mirror. Tap in with the word of God. It's a big deal. So I received that word, my brother. Uh, that's confirmation um, as well. Um, now, transitioning a little bit. I've really enjoyed this conversation, by the way. I feel the anointing of the Holy Spirit in our dialogue. I understand that everything we're saying is for somebody. There's somebody that needed to hear this message today. That's a fact. Um, so let's talk about your music. Uh, because one of the surprises that, about you that I've learned recently is that you're really into music. Now, yeah. I really I really want to talk about this latest album, okay? Yeah. Um, it's called Orchestral Chorus. Orchestrated chaos. Orchestrated mm -hmm. chaos. I'm sorry. Now, when I think about the song Vampire, yeah. I'm listening to it, and my man here starts speaking in tongues, and I say, well, okay, I see you because this is what we need. This is what we need so much. But I was thinking as I was listening to it, there's no way I could display this. And, and then the enemy is not irritated by it. And that's real, real music for me. Like the type of music you put on, it's going to irritate the enemy. You're going to literally expose the demons in the room. Play this on a loudspeaker if you want to. <laughs> Praise God. Play it. I, I tell you, play it on a loudspeaker if you want to. Demons coming out. I can, I can tell. I can feel the anointing on the song. And it's unique. Because, Praise you know, we, I, I definitely do a lot with Christian hip-hop. Especially yeah. with this platform. Yeah. Um, but what I will say, I've heard a lot of Christian hip hop. But that, that wasn't just Christian hip hop, my brother. <laughs> that was that was the anointing of the Holy Spirit on that song. And um and just throughout the whole album, man, I, I really does I really do feel that. So I think my first question for you about it is what type of space were you in? where you felt the Holy Spirit on you in a way where you're speaking in tongues on the track. Let's start man. there. Whew. It started, man, when I did my first 40-day fast around the first time, when I first got saved. Mm -hmm. My first 40-day fast, um, you know, the Lord was like, fast. And he was like, in fact, I want you to teach others to fast because I'm having a fasting movement. I was like, yes, sir. Mm -hmm. So I did my first 40-day fast, uh, doing it, partial fasting each day. During this fast, I ended up having an out-of-body experience where I was outside my body, and I saw this angel that looked like a man, but his body looked like bronze, and he was putting something within me, and I was looking at myself laying on the bed, and the Lord says, that's a music mantle. There's coming a time when I want you to make music that's anointed, you know, all of that. I was like, yes, sir. So that was way back, maybe around 2010, 2011, in, in that neighborhood. So, you know, I've been making music, but I haven't really been recording my own albums until recently you know or so so within the last few albums before this i did red october before this uh that i did another album the holy spirit was like this is your sound 
This is how I want you to make music. Music is just, you know, because I'm like, Lord, I love lyrics. I love being lyrical, all that. The Lord says, yeah, you could be lyrical, but this is what I want incorporated in it even more so. And the Lord was like, remember you used to listen to Tupac? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you know, you remember how you used to listen to Eminem? I was like, yeah. He was like, I gave him the gifting, but it was perverted. And then he was like, so you saw how Tupac on his music, he would be rowdy. He would be calling out his enemies. He would be, you know, up-tempo. He would be talking. He would be all that. I want you to do that, but I want you to do it for the kingdom and not for the enemy. When you do it, I want you to, you know, pray over people. I want you to call out the enemy. I want you to cast out spirits. I want you to, you know, teach biblical revelation, have teaching. I want you to put in your personality. I want your personality to be in your music, basically. So going back to the original question that you asked, where where am I at? I'm like that all the time. Come on. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, all it. the time, man. Now, before so, I get to uh, question two, I want people to hear a sample of what we're Lord talking about. Because if you don't understand where we're coming from, you kind of hear, but you're a little bit like, okay, what are they talking about? So we're going to bring you in a little bit. So I'm going to let them hear a part of Vampire. That's the name of the song. Um, at least the part that I'm talking about with you speaking in tongues. Because I'm like, absolutely. that was so powerful, bro. I, I was like Great. literally smiling as I was hearing it. I was Yes, this is it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get that going for us really quick. So make sure y'all go stream this right now. It's available on all platforms? Yes, all platforms. YouTube, Spotify, all of that. Leviticus 17, 11 says that the life of the flesh is in the blood. In the Hebrew, this is the nephesh, which means the soul. So what the Bible is basically saying is that the soul of that creature resides portion in the blood. What does this mean? <laughs> Have you ever heard of selling your soul to the devil in blood contracts? Yeah, to get deep, y'all. Get ready. People can't sell their souls because God owns all the souls. But look at it like this. A prostitute. God owns her body. But she still sells it off in transaction in the same way. When you shed your blood for contract, that is literally selling your soul. But you see, when Jesus died on the cross for us and shed his blood at Calvary, that's a different story. Because he paid the price for us. And now, whenever God looks at us, his soul, his blood, cries out on our behalf. Ponder that. <laughs> Jesus is good, isn't he? Praise. Love it. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every individual that's listening to this right now, that's made a blood contract, or that's received blood from somebody else in a binding covenant, be it period blood and spaghetti, or any other form of witchcraft. In the name of Jesus, I break that stronghold. Repeat after me. Right now, in Jesus' name, I come out of agreement with every stronghold of blood covenant that I made directly or indirectly. In Jesus' name. Now I command that covenant broken right now in the name of Jesus. And I command every spirit and link to it to go. Come out now. Come out. Come out. Come out in the name of Jesus. And the blood of Christ replaces it. Come on. Now, 
Hey, look, somebody might be getting a deliverance right now just by hearing that, brother. Praise God. And I don't know about y'all, but did y'all feel that? I felt the anointing. I had to share that with y'all because I felt that anointing on that song. Like, I get the little sweats. I could feel the anointing on the song. Praise so it's God. so powerful, brother. Um, and that wasn't even actually the song. That's just really the ending of it. But I want people to understand, like, that's how much power is literally in the music. And the way God is able to use you in that way is unique because, man, if you were struggling with anything that you were just speaking about, how do you make it to the end of that song without getting delivered? Man, literally. <laughs> I'm just saying, brother. Literally, brother. Glory to God, man. Um, that was actually the first song I did for this album. Uh the pre this album surprisingly this album um its concept is more of a revelation of god so if you look at the album cover i took things that i learned from god during a heaven experience and i portrayed them in the album cover but i hid it so when the person for example if a random person comes up and cracks all five points i'm giving them a monetary uh you know reward blessing you know like i hid uh well, I'm not going to say everything that I hid in here before somebody, <laughs> but that's revelatory. The album I did before that Red October, that's the one that's mainly warfare. But in each album, I want to have an element of warfare in it because people always need deliverance from something. When I did this album as well as my other one, I'm telling you, the warfare is crazy. The enemy tries so hard different ways to try to get the music not to go for it. And even if something tries to pop in my head and I'm bat battling in you know, my mind with something like the enemy saying, nobody's going to want to hear that. Then I put it on and I'm like, bet, look, look, look at God. And the testimonies coming from it, God is good, man. Yes, he is. I, can, I was about to say, I can only imagine um, people reaching out to you and, and saying how that song delivered them or just in general, just your album delivering them in their situation. It's on yeah. time, man. It's on time. People need to Glory hear that. Thank you, sure. man. Glory to God. Um, now, I want to also talk about Revealing the Secrets of Eternity. Yes. Going down tonight, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, give us a little insight about that. Let people know uh, where they can tap in, a little bit more about it uh, since it's actually happening tonight. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, something that I do, you know, each month, both my wife and I, it's normally me, but uh, sometimes she'll join me, is that each month I do uh, three pre-recorded classes that's in detail about specific subjects. So this month, I'm uh, discussing like deja vu, for example. So I'm talking about deja vu from a biblical perspective, you know, because everybody's had that time period where this has happened before. That's happened before. I break it down from a biblical perspective because I'm the type of person, as I know you are and, you know, others are, that believe that if a new age or somebody asks something, we should have the answers. Not others, but as Christians, we should have the answers. So that's what I see. So that I'm also talking about the different kinds of angels there are in heaven, why God is invisible scientifically and spiritually, the spiritual connection of music, Lucifer's orchestrated or what he was originally involved in. You know, God sing. I'm uh, talking about rap being in the Bible because a lot of people's like rap is a sin. That's not it's in the Bible. You know, and I'm breaking that down as well as a ton of other stuff from um, eternity. And uh, what it is, you know, it's a pre-recorded class. It is not live. It is pre-recorded, you know, and it's sent out the final three days of each month. Now, for anybody that would like to join or sign up to receive the class, 
it is $30. It's not $30 because Ty is making money from the gospel. It's because according to uh, 1 Timothy 5, 17, in that neighborhood, the Apostle Paul makes mention that those that teach, you know, should get, you know, paid worth for their time. You know, so out of everything I do, this and maybe my books are the only things that I charge for. And that's because the time that it goes into, you know, the information, the electricity uses. So don't be, uh, you know, oh my gosh, he's charging $30 when you see it. But, you know, if you do want to sign up and have it sent to you, all you have to do is click on my story and my story will have a link in it. And you can also go to my bio on my page in the Eventbrite link within my bio. You can click that as well. And, you know, you'll see it, uh, you know, right there as well. Absolutely, my brother. That's so awesome. Now, for those people that want to know more about you, what's the best way for them to stay tapped in with you? Well, right now, I would say I'm, each each social media has different purposes. So if it's like more personal, Facebook. Facebook, you know, we got a lot of, we get, everybody that's on my Facebook page just about is like family. We travel to see each other. You know, we're having events. We're having an event in my hometown, Pensacola, Florida, a few months. Now a lot of people are coming. It's that type of thing. We joke with each other, roast each other. It's like you're seeing more of, you know, foot, you know that. But yeah. if you just want to see strictly stuff, you know, about I talk about Jesus on there. I do put a lot of the first revelations I get on there. But if you want to see just only, you know, revelation and stuff like that, that would be my TikTok, which is Ty Jackson, 1117, T-A-I-J-C-K-S-O-N. 1117, um, not 117, but 1117 because they're fake TikTok pages. Also would be my Instagram, and this is my Instagram right here, or my YouTube page. So those are strictly dedicated to more videos. I may be a little funny on these every once in a while. If you want the funny and the word of God and just me, overall, that's Facebook. If you just want strictly teachings only, that's going to be Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. If you want everything, you can follow, of course, on all of them. Absolutely. And then last but not least, my brother, it's only right that we end this thing with prayer. So if you don't mind, just go ahead and take us out with prayer, man. Absolutely. Lord, Heavenly Father, I thank you for every individual on here, Father. Now, first, Father, I want to pray for my brother who put this thing together and who is doing it. Father, I pray that you bless him. In the great name of Yeshua, I pray that you bless him, Father. And I pray that you cause this year to be one of his most prosperous yet. Father, I pray for he, and not only he, but his entire household, that you would bless them. Just for even, uh, you know, just even not only having me on, but a lot of other brothers and sisters. I pray for every individual in the chat. I pray, God, that you would draw each of them to you in greater levels. Father, cause them to see you at a greater extent, more than they have seen you previously today. In Jesus' name, I pray protection over all of us and against retaliation of the enemy. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen, amen. Listen, that's Todd Jackson, y'all. Thank you so much for being here. It's really, really, really was an amazing conversation we had together, man. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Holy Spirit is going to do through your life and just to see how everything is going to be in the future, man. You're invited to the cookout in heaven. Whenever you come through, we here, we got you, you know, but while we here doing the ministry and doing the work, man, I think it's also important for people to understand that, man, we can enjoy it. We can really enjoy doing this ministry. Um, One of the things God put on my heart, and I'm going to share this before we leave, is that whatever you may think about Christ, I need you to get to know the real Christ that's in the Bible. Yes. Because everyone has came, came up with their their own idea of who he is. And there's so much talk, 
slander and different ideas about Christ. You know, the new thing is the world saying Christianity is hate and it, and it promotes hate speech. How can you read the word of God and get that message? Boom. The only way you get that message is hearsay and people yep. that's really not tapped in with the word themselves. Yep. So I encourage everybody to get to know Jesus Christ for yourself by learning the Christ that is spoken about in the Bible. Yes. From the source. From the source. Because once you develop that personal relationship, you will have a godlike experience. Yes. And nobody will be able to cause you to doubt because you know the real thing. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to leave y'all with that. I love y'all. Thank you so much, my brother, for being Thank here. You, brother. And if you guys are interested in hearing this again, don't don't panic. Don't worry. You can catch the replay. It's going to be on the YouTube channel. It's going to be on iHeartRadio. It's going to be on your favorite streaming services. So we got you. So you, if you didn't take notes, it's okay. You can hit play again. So I appreciate y'all again, my brother. Hey, thank you. God bless you guys. God bless.